Welcome to another episode of Across the Field, Double B, joined tonight again by Brady Stabler. Brady, how's it going? It's going well, man. I uh, Since you sent me the itinerary and some ideas for the pod earlier today, uh, I've had a lot of time to think, and I've been <laughs> thinking a lot about uh, Wayne Trace polling games and what's going on in the NBA and just sports in general right now, so I'm excited to do another show. Sweet. Um I did want to mention, uh, I talked to Peyton earlier today, um, not I, actually not too long ago on my way home, and uh, um, I wanted to give all our listeners kind of a little update. So Peyton is pretty busy right now with school and his job and all that. Um, so not that he's never going to join us again. He's still very much involved uh, with the podcast, but... Um, Right now, we just decided we hit. He and I talked a couple weeks ago, especially last week, about somebody that could fill in full time and that would have a good grasp on everything. And we both decided Brady would be the best for that. So, I reached out to Brady, and here we are. Yeah, I mean, he was he was happy to come on, so we're happy to have you here, man. Heck yeah, I'm trying to. I have big shoes to fill. I know in Peyton, <laughs> so I'll try to. I'll try to keep up the good work that he he started here. Well. Welcome to the Across the Field family. So <laughs> I appreciate it. I know you've listened for a while, or <clears throat> you know, you, we've had your support about the whole way through. It seems like, and so we, we, you were one we definitely wanted to have on, and and Peyton and I, no brainer. It was it was to go with you. So we couldn't we couldn't uh, thank you more for doing this. Oh no, thank you guys. I appreciate it. We can get on here and still. Uh, either rejoice or complain about the Buckeyes and talk <laughs> high school sports and everything else. Yeah. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started tonight. Let's talk uh, – let's jump right into the NBA. Um, LeBron, you know I'm a big LeBron guy. Right. Uh, 36 points away tonight. They're at home against Oklahoma City, um, 10 o'clock on TNT. Brady, I'll ask you, do you think he breaks it tonight? I don't think so tonight because I just think the narrative is, first of all, I think 36 is a lot. And there's a couple ways I could see this Thunder game going. I could see the Lakers running him out of the gym Mm -hmm. or, and so maybe not playing his full usual load. And I could also see the Thunder really using it as motivation. We're not going to let him get 36 on us and kind of loading up on him tonight. So I could see him having, you know, like a near triple double game. Yeah, and I, it's probably different with the NBA to high school, and I never had the the opportunity to score a thousand points in high school. But you see a lot of kids, um, you know, at the high school level, especially at that point in their life, they get close to a thousand or maybe breaking a school record, and you see some guys struggle a little bit. So um, yeah, maybe yeah. that same kind of thing happens tonight. I don't yeah, know. definitely. And I think the narrative would be kind of cooler. I, I read that uh, Kareem is going to be there tonight and Thursday night, but I think the narrative of him doing it Thursday against the Bucks, being Kareem's former team would be pretty cool. It would be. It would be really cool. And then I heard today, I can't remember, I think it was Vince Carter. I was watching uh, um, NBA Today or something. Mm-hmm. It's they they ask him when the question was when does he break it either tonight or Thursday, and then the other question was how does he do it, and Vince Carter said he will hit the the sky hook 
to, to take the lead. So wouldn't that be something? Do it against Milwaukee and hit a sky hook. That would be awesome. Or I, I think what would be cool is just like <clears throat> uh, the classic, you know, LeBron, like windmill, fast break dunk. Like, oh, yeah. Kind of been his patented move, you know. So I, I think that would be really cool. But Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Tristan Thompson said he would yeah. be. He would rather see, or maybe it was Jalen Rose, one of those guys. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, either way, I think it'd be pretty cool. But when Vince brought that up, I was like, man, that would that would be really awesome. That would be I, so cool. I just don't know if I see him breaking it out in a game. We've seen him doing warm-ups, but I don't know if, it's, if, if that's a game shot. But you get that close, who knows? Maybe he'll play around with it a little bit. He could probably do it any way he wanted to, man. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Um, some other NBA news. We got the trade deadline coming up. I don't know if you've really kept up on any of that, but I guess the one that really sticks out is the Kyrie trade, <clears throat> excuse me, from Brooklyn to Dallas. Uh, how do you think Kyrie's going to fit in down there with Luca? Um, so I, I've actually kept up really close with the NBA the past few years because my Celtics are good. And mm-hmm. so, um, the Kyrie trade is interesting. Obviously, being a Boston guy, not a huge Kyrie Irving fan, but I do think the trade is interesting, and I think it has potential to work the rest of this season. But long term, I don't know. It initially it seemed like a weird fit to me because Luca is so ball dominant and Kyrie is yeah. so ball dominant. So I, it'll be interesting. It will be, and I, you know, again, I heard today um, there's a stat they showed. I might have been on NBA Today or maybe a sports center or something. Um, I found this interesting. Luca does a lot of his damage from the left side of the floor, and we know Kyrie can score from pretty much all over. So, you know, they were breaking down, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> getting those two in a, a pick-and-roll situation, and, you know, how how hard would that be to defend that with those two guys and – I think it could get pretty creative, especially if you can put some shooters around him too with the guys they have. Yeah, definitely. And I heard Draymond Green on his po- – I just heard a snippet from his <sighs> podcast earlier today, and he said that he wasn't really excited about the trade because he thinks it's going to be really difficult to defend against. And I don't think the Mavericks are maybe done making moves before Thursday afternoon's deadline. I know they've been kind of shopping Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway even maybe, mm-hmm. so they might – even have more of a roster shakeup before the deadline. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then with, with Kyrie out, I mean, I know the talk has been, um, you know, what what's the next move for Kevin Durant? Do you see him getting moved before Thursday? I did, but now I don't. Um, I, I think he's going to stay put. And when you look at the Nets roster with him, even if they're not able to add anybody else before the deadline, they have a roster that's pretty interesting. Uh, I mean, they're going to have Dimwitty now, and then mm-hmm. they have, you know, a couple shooters. Joe Harris is the one I'm thinking of right now. And then, I mean, defensively, if you can trust Ben Simmons to play in late-game situations, along with Claxton, uh, and they got some other guys like Royce O'Neal. I mean, they can put a pretty solid defensive lineup out there. I just don't know that they'll be able to have the offensive firepower to beat like a Boston or a Milwaukee in a seven game series. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Um, do you see your Celtics making a move before Thursday? Uh, so they're trying to get a big for some insurance because mm-hmm. Horford, obviously aging 
played a lot of minutes in last year's postseason, and he's playing a pretty pretty solid workload again this year. And then Robert Williams, who's tremendous when he's healthy, but he hasn't proven the ability to stay healthy for him. So they're looking to add a big, but I don't see him sacrificing a lot to do it. So I, I, I don't know. I know there's a few guys out there. Uh, Pirtle from the Spurs is one that everybody's talked about, and I've seen some uh, Kelly Olynyk reunion rumors. But I, I don't. It's not going to be a big splash. Oh, man, what do you, what do you think of that? Well, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, they, <laughs> they do need another depth piece, but I don't think they're going to give up like a rotation player or even a guy that's just out of the rotation, like Peyton Pritchard, to do it. If they do something, it's going to be a package of like protected picks to get it done. Yeah. I tell you what, I'm, I kind of like Kelly Olenek. I did for a while. And then it just kind of seems he faded away a little bit. Yeah. Um, The only thing I really remember when people bring up his name is the the arm bar. Right. (laughs) Right. He, I mean, he's interesting because he has size obviously, and he can step out and shoot the three. Yeah. Offensively, he's a good fit and he's familiar with Boston and kind of the culture uh, defensively may be a little bit of a concern, but I don't know. He, I would be happy if they got him. Yeah. Uh, were there any other guys you think uh, maybe some big names on the move or some different uh, trades? Maybe you think get done by Thursday. I thought things would get crazy with Durant initially. That was my first reaction after the yeah. Kyrie trade, but now it sounds like that's kind of settled down. I thought maybe he was going to go to Phoenix, which I thought was going to be really interesting, but I, yeah. I don't, I don't see any, other like really big names getting moved yeah i don't either i don't either um let's go ahead and move on from that um if you're good there yeah i'm good got any more nba talk but uh i don't know i think lebron could get her done tonight maybe but i'm i'm kind of with you i think he might get right around 25 maybe even 30 points and that probably is it i don't know that he does it tonight yeah, that's kind of what I've thought. I I think somewhere between like twenty five and thirty, like you said. Yeah. All right, sticking with hoops, college basketball, and more in particular, let's talk about our Ohio State Buckeyes. Um, I'll just let you have the floor, and you could take off from here. What do you think about the Buckeyes? Um, not a lot because it's ugly, and the the really sad part, Brett. So they are now 11 and 12 overall. So under 500. And today I'm looking at the rest of the schedule. And other than February 23rd at home against Penn State, I don't know if there's another win there. Yeah. Like I I, I think it's a real possibility they could win one or zero games the rest of the way. I, I hate to agree with you, but I agree with you. I mean – Taking a look here, Northwestern at home, Michigan State at home, at Iowa, at Purdue, home, like you said, home with Penn State, and then home with Illinois. I mean, I'm right and, there with Penn State might be the only game you might have a shot at winning. Yeah, I mean, Northwestern's good. They're 16-7. and seven, and, Yeah. And any road game, obviously, is going to be difficult. Mm-hmm. Michigan State twice, don't see it happening. At Purdue, don't see it happening. Illinois really don't see it happening they're they're a lot better so i yeah it it gets really interesting because if he would lose out i don't know how holtman survives yeah but if they can win okay so there's eight games left 
let's say he goes four and four. I think there's a chance that he does make it to next year just because of the recruiting class that's coming in. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Um, that's a valid point. That's a valid point because he, I mean, from what I understand, it's still like top five recruiting class, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be. But here's the thing. I mean, coming into this year and at the start of this year, I thought this looked like maybe his most talented team ever, which mm-hmm. maybe was a stretch because he's had a couple really good ones in there. But we have the recruits. I mean, this last class was good. Yeah. And so, you know, Branham, one and done. Sense of ball, probably one and done. I don't see him sticking around Columbus next year after this season. And, yeah. and he's had a solid year. So I'm guessing he either transfers or more likely goes pro. Mm-hmm. And so if we're getting the recruits, but you can't develop the recruits or win with the recruits, I mean, it's not doing you any good to keep the guy that just recruits well. Right. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. Man, I just – I don't know. Here's an interesting thought. What if – and, you know, I'm a big LeBron guy, so I'm going to play this what-if game. What if Ohio State decides to move on from Chris Holtman and – Gene Smith calls up LeBron and says, hey, just to ensure that Bronny's coming, who are we hiring as our next head coach? Thought about that. I thought about that. <laughs> um, Is that something you think we would in- even entertain? Or No, I don't. No. I, I think that if Bronny was like a number one recruit type kid, yeah, yeah. maybe. But he – basically what I've read is that Ohio State for Bronny is just going to be – a hat on the table and he's going to USC or Oregon. Yeah. Which doesn't surprise me. I mean, USC is right there. And I think he has some guys that he's played AAU with or high school ball with that are going to Oregon and Oregon with all the, the Nike stuff, you know, I mean, that's kind of an attractive spot, but (laughs) that that's a, that's a pretty cool thought. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to take credit. I heard it somewhere else, but it really got me thinking like, who better to ask than, than LeBron himself, I guess. I mean, he does it in his own organizations. We've seen him do it in Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, we've seen him do it in L.A. Go put his two cents in on who's coaching him next. So, I don't know. Maybe he'd do it with his son. I think it would be cool to get Bronny. Like, I'm hoping Ohio State gets Bronny just from, like, a hype standpoint. I think it would be cool to get some more hype around the basketball program. Mm-hmm. But when thinking about the next coach, and I know that you guys talked about this when you're talking about football. Yeah. If we get rid of Holtman, who's the guy? I mean, yeah, right. is, is there a better guy in place or, um, you know, available that's better? I'm guessing you can make a lateral move. And I know Chris Holtman's been tied to Notre Dame a little bit. And you and Ryan talked about that. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I heard somebody or somebody told me the other day, Jim Jackson. I mean, I don't see Jim Jackson leaving his gig on TV right now. And I knows if he can coach, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've heard other rumors of uh, Drew Joyce even. Huh. And I, I mean, don't know if that would happen. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got a pride. I mean, I know you're coaching a high school team, but you got it pretty made. I and he probably doesn't just coach for the money. Um, Correct. As, as a lot of high school coaches don't. But, um, 
you know, I, I just think he's probably good where he's at. And I don't, do you take that risk if you're Ohio State to go get a high school coach? Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody there. I don't think there's anyone on staff right now that they would promote. Mm-hmm. I know Jake Diebler um, has been influential, but I, I mean, I feel like if you're going to get rid of Holtman, you got to have an entire culture shift and change. Yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe Jay Wright. Yeah, I see he's available. He was he was uh, doing the color commentary for the Ohio State Michigan game the other day. So yeah, I mean that would be fun. And and he, here's the the big thing with Ohio State basketball. I'm looking at it, and I don't think that wanting Holtman to be gone per se is like out of order because obviously football is an entirely different standard, mm-hmm. but it still is Ohio state. Right. And it's Ohio state. Isn't that far removed from relevance in college basketball with yeah. Lana. and, and, and even early Holtman um, boy, losing that, losing that first round game to the 15 seed really, really hurt. Yeah. A couple of years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I just, I don't know. He's in year six, and I thought <clears throat> we would be in a lot better spot than where we're at today. I think uh, all Buckeye fans thought that. Um, I even had a memory pop up on Facebook from about four years ago um, that, heck, I was promoting the guy, you know, loving it and mm-hmm. and saying how good he was going to be. And then I, I saw that today, coincidentally, and I was like, wow. How far off was I there, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to think that, like, not that long ago, Buckeye basketball fans were complaining about guys like William Buford and Deshaun Thomas, you know? Like, man, those were the days. Yeah. (laughs) Would love to have somebody like that back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Anyway, um, I was going to say – Oh, let's let's talk a little bit about the Michigan game. We had a little request to, to bring up the Wolverines. Um, <laughs> neither team is is real impressive, and you know Michigan did pull it out on Sunday. Did you watch the game at all or not? I didn't watch it. I listened. I was going to Fort Wayne. I listened to a bit of it. I listened to Keels a little bit on the radio on the drive there and back. But I didn't expect Ohio State to win the game. They didn't win the game. I mean, they they hung around and it was close. And that, but I I wasn't shocked. So yeah, have you got to see Michigan at all much this year? I've watched them a couple times. I I do like uh, how Dickinson's game has evolved a little bit. I think he's gotten a lot better offensively. Yeah, it helps them. But still, they're not. I don't think they're they're not anywhere near where they thought they'd be either. No, no, no. And the Howard kid's nice. Um, the one can really score. Mm-hmm. Um, but other, yeah, I, they're probably not real happy where they're at. and They're not much better than the Buckeyes. And I was looking at the, the Big Ten standings today. There's only one team behind Ohio State right now, and that's Minnesota, who they lost to. Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I mean, it's – yeah, Minnesota has one win in the conference, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's – that's the state of things realistically Ohio State basketball is a mess and there has to be a solution quickly and I'm not sure it's going to come this year I agree I agree with you um moving on any games any college basketball games that stick out to you on this week's slate at any point um 
I didn't know if you got a chance to look ahead that far, but I see Saturday like a ranked-on-ranked matchup is UConn and Creighton. That could be a good one. Yeah, I watched a little bit of Kansas-Texas last night, and Kansas pulled out a big win there. Mm-hmm. Um, to be, I haven't looked a whole lot at the slate the rest of the week yet, although I have been watching a lot of SEC basketball, and I know they've slipped a little bit here recently, but I think Alabama – Alabama, good man. Well, when they ha- when they put it all together, I think they're the best team I've seen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. They're really good. I've watched them a couple times. Um, it's kind of funny how, you know, did you ever think you'd see a day that Alabama would be this dominant in basketball? No, no, I, <laughs> I didn't. But um, they have they have a freshman that's going to be a lottery player. Uh, I'm blanking 24. Brandon Miller is his name. Miller, yep. Yep. Going to be a lottery player. And then they have a lot of size and athleticism. And their point guard is a transfer from Ohio University last year mm-hmm. named Mark Sears. And he, a left-handed point guard, and he can score at will. And then, so they're real efficient offensively, and they're really good defensively when they're all locked in. So I just kind of looking ahead the next month or so, if you had to – if you ask me to name a national champion right now, I would pick Alabama. I I might agree with you. I might agree. I haven't watched enough to to really know. Uh, like I said, I, I've seen Bama; they're good. I've seen Kansas be look really good at times. I've seen them look okay at times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Purdue, you could say the same thing about Purdue and Houston. I've watched both them. Yeah, I mean, obviously March is is a complete crapshoot, and it's who you can get by and who you get matched up with. But um, I'd agree with you there. Bama's got to be among one of the favorites, I would say. But you never know. I mean, so much can change so quickly in college basketball. I mean, there's teams that are ranked in the top ten now that will be, I don't know, like 10 or on the bubble by the time the (laughs) Selection Sunday comes around. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. All right, let's move on unless you got some more college hoops you want to discuss. No, I'm good there. All right. We'll talk NFL real quick. We got the Super Bowl coming up um, Sunday. Uh, the Chiefs, obviously, and the Eagles um, playing out in Arizona. Um, real quick, let, let's just talk about it. Um, we're going to do another episode this week. Brady and I were just talking before we came on. We're going to have some other guys on. And uh, really dive into the Super Bowl, um, kind of like we did for the Ohio State Michigan matchup. Um, just uh, really dive into to, to past things, but but real quick, Brady, <clears throat> what do you think's the keys for both teams um, heading into Sunday's game? Running the football, run, whichever yeah. whichever team can run the ball. And you said this um, a couple weeks ago, and I've been on it all season long and for the past few years, really, whichever, I mean, the NFL is evolving so much spread offense, but at the end of the day, you still have to be able to run the ball and play defense. I mean, that, that is still the best formula and most consistent formula to winning football games and championships. Yeah, I agree. And you know, what interests me about this matchup, we've seen Philadelphia just kind of dominate um, their, their previous two games. Um, and it kind of stinks that, you know, Brock Purdy went down. I think that game would have been a lot closer and 
you know, who knows who wins if he's playing. I, I think Philly probably still wins. But to me, this is kind of like their first test in the playoffs, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it feels weird. And then it's also, though, like, why are we surprised that the Eagles are here? Because they were dominant all year. Right. A couple games late once Hertz uh, was injured. But, I, I mean, initially, last Sunday, I was – as soon as those conference championship games were over, I was thinking Eagles all the way. And, and I still am leaning towards an Eagles victory. Mm-hmm. But the closer we get, the more I'm kind of swinging towards 50-50, not sure, because it's so hard to bet against Mahomes. It is. It really is. He, to me, I'll go ahead and say it. I mean, I know we talked Sunday. There's never going to be another Tom Brady. But you would think this – to me, Pat Mahomes is just the tier below. And I there were so many times that I've always bet against Tom Brady, you know, before he had seven Super Bowls, that I'm like, there's no way he can win another one. It just kind of feels like Pat Mahomes has that same magic. Yeah, and I think, this, like you said, we're going to dive more into this later this week, but this feels like a big one to for Mahomes to me because mm-hmm. he's lost a couple – already and and so i mean i it it just feels like he kind of, i mean he doesn't need another one he's still young i think he's only 27 still and i mean so talented his team's going to be a super bowl contender every year for the next decade but it it feels to me like he kind of needs this one or else things could start getting kind of psychological with him yeah and you could start getting the the lebron treatment i guess right, right. Yeah. I mean, I I could definitely see that, definitely see that. But you know, the other hand that really sticks out to me, I guess, Philadelphia's defense—they've been able to get pressure with four guys, um, in both their games, both their playoff games. To me, I think that's the key. I mean, how healthy is Pat? I think he'll be pretty close. But if you can get him off his spot, and make him run around a little bit, which he's good at, but if you can get after him with four guys and get him off his spot. I think maybe that's where Philadelphia is going to have the upper hand. Plus, as you mentioned, they can run the ball too. Yeah, and they get pressure with four. Like you said, they get pressure from the edge and then also can still clog the middle with their uh, defensive interior line Mm -hmm. and stop the run. So that's tough. And then on top of that, this time around, I know he hasn't had him all year, but no Tyreek Hill. Receiver, whole receiving core is kind of – dinged up for Kansas City. So that's going to be right. something to monitor over the next couple of days, see how healthy like Juju Smith-Schuster and Kadarius Tony can get for Sunday. For sure. For sure. Like I said, we'll dive more into this later this week. We're going to have a special Super Bowl episode. Um, so now we'll just dive into the high school hoops. And I kind of want to just start in the GMC. Um, and let's take a look at some of their matchups. So Antwerp this week travels to Tenora and Delphi St. John's Friday and Saturday. Um, Ayersville uh, is home with Fairview and then will travel to Montpelier on Saturday. Edgerton uh, at Hicksville home with North Central this weekend. Wayne Trace Paulding um, the kind of you know, the biggest slate of them all, I think, uh, this weekend. Wayne Trace also goes to Shawnee um, Saturday, or is home with Shawnee Saturday night. 
and Paulding will have, excuse me here, they will be at Bryant Saturday night. So big weekend for all the GMC teams, double weekends. Uh, let's circle back to Antwerp, Brady. Um, how do you see the weekend kind of playing out for them? Well, they can't overlook Tenora on Friday, and I know it's kind of a letdown spot for both teams because Paulding's locked up the conference title, but that's still a big game, and you still want to be playing your best ball right now, this time of the year. This is when you want to start hitting your stride, and Tenora is still a team that I think can give Antwerp some trouble, but Antwerp is playing so well right now. They're going to want to keep that going Friday night, and then they have a huge game Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, yeah, they can't they can't overlook Tenora, even though Tenora is a little banged up. I agree with you there, um, but then they better strap up Saturday because um, it's going to be tough going to St. John's and, and pulling out a win down there. Um, not going to put it past them, but but they better come ready to play. Um, obviously. When you have Landon Brewer, um, anything's possible, plus the supporting staff he has with him. That That's going to be a great tune-up and great measuring stick game for Antwerp on Saturday because that game's going to be physical, and you know that Antwerp isn't going to back down. Mm-hmm. But it's also going to give Antwerp a great opportunity, another great opportunity to play against an elite guard, an elite scorer in the freshman Cam Elwer, who's been – phenomenal this year and i've heard after last weekend that he is as advertised he's tremendous so that that's a really interesting matchup probably the best saturday game uh antwerp at st john's i would agree i would agree um let's move to airsville they host the fairview apaches um airsville been struggling a little bit win some lose some they've won three in a row now um Obviously, they probably get the job done Friday night against Fairview, who's just kind of in that rebuild, reload mode. Um, what do you think about this one? Yeah, it's a big game. Um, and I think for Airdsville, the biggest thing is you can't overlook a game like that, and, and you can't you can't lose a game like this that you're favored to win because I still think Airdsville, we talked about it the other day, but I still think they can make some noise in that D4 Defiance district. And so they really need to start putting things together and playing good ball starting this weekend. I know they've won their last three, uh, so not to say they're not playing good ball. And before that, lost a close one to Antwerp. But they uh, that they really want to start to turn things up here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, Edgerton at Hicksville Friday night. Uh, this should be a pretty decent game. I think Hicksville is probably favored a little bit, but don't count out the Bulldogs. Yeah, so same way with Hicksville, kind of like Ayersville, they need a couple wins. They, they need to get things going. They've now lost five in a row, and they've played good teams during that stretch. They lost a clo- they lost to Paulding, lost a close one to Tenora, lost at Crestview, and lost at Antwerp. Played Antwerp tough. Um, now finished with three games at home, Edgerton, Hilltop, and Miller City. they got to get things going in the right direction. For sure. For sure. Um, some other notable games Friday night. Uh, just want to throw this out there, Brady. How good will this one be? Defiance and OG. Yeah, it, it it's gonna be awesome. That that <laughs> is, I, I I don't even know, man. I've heard I haven't seen Defiance yet in person, 
but I've heard so many good things, and I know they have elite guard play mm-hmm. um, in Shaw, and then Zach Rich obviously can do a little bit of everything for them. So that's going to come down to can they handle OG's pressure because right. the Titans, as always, doing a tremendous job this year of turning teams over and getting easy transition baskets. So Defiance going to have to limit their turnovers there. Absolutely. Uh, another good one could be, well, will be, I would think, LCC at Ottaville. Um, Coldwater St. John's could be all right. Coldwater doesn't have the, the greatest record, but the way they slow the game down and scrap things up, that could get a little interesting. For sure. And going back to what you said, Ottaville, LCC, that should be a good one. And that's a good test for Ottaville. Saw LCC earlier this year play Wayne Trace. LCC athletic and also strong. They have a lot of athletes on that team, a lot of football players. When I saw them uh, in right before Christmas when they played Wayne Trace, they were still kind of in football mode, mm-hmm. I think. And so they, they're only 5-10, and 10, but they play such a good schedule. And so I think that's a great tune-up for Audeville as they look forward to that Elida district. Absolutely. Saturday, just some notable games we'll, we'll talk about here. OG and Lexington. Lexington, never never easy uh, team to, to take. Um, you know, they they head to OG Saturday night. Um, that should be a good game, obviously, with, with OG's track record. A um, couple of ranked teams, Marion Local and Rushi. Don't know much about Rushi, but I've seen, you know, heard good things about Marion Local. That could be a, a tremendous game Saturday. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing that Marion Local is the real thing. Yeah. And they've rattled off several in a row here. They have three losses, and they're all quality losses. And they beat Spencerville by double digits on Saturday night. So they're they're really playing well. Yep. Um, Saturday you also got Liberty Benton, Patrick Henry, um, a couple of ranked teams matched up. Like I said, Paulding goes to Brian Fairview at Delta, um, Hilltop at Hicksville, North Central at Edgerton, Wayne Trace and Shawnee. Um, Raiders got a tough weekend with Paulding and Shawnee. Yeah, they sure do. The Raiders, the, the finishing up their schedule here, going to be tough for them. Last three games, Paulding, Shawnee, and Ottaville. So nothing easy. For sure, man. Let's dive into it, though. The game that we're all waiting for Friday night at the Jungle, Wayne Trace at Paulding. Boy, this is going to be fantastic, Brady. You have the floor. Take it away. It's going to be awesome, and I've been looking forward to it all year. And this year is so cool because it's always been the December game. when Brett, when me and you were playing, mm-hmm. when Tate was playing, always the December game, always an early year thing. Now – both teams have had their ups and downs throughout the year, and they're both playing better. And now here we go, you know, right before tournament. And then on top of that, both these teams back now in the same district, potential potential for a Wayne Trace Paulding district final. Not trying to look ahead because Friday's game is huge. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it, both teams would have to play extremely well for that to happen. But, man, how awesome would that be? It would be part two would be fantastic, and I'm sure part one's going to live up to all the hype. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You're on the call with Peyton. 
and uh, and and Joe Person, I believe, right? Yep, you got it. I'm I'm so excited. It's going to be a blast. <clears throat> well, you'll have to set him straight because <clears throat> you know he's just going to be all jacked up about the Panthers. You're going to have to calm him down a little bit. I know. I'll I'll try to. <laughs> I'll try to. I'll do my best, but. Brown, as he should be, as he should be. Oh yeah, they they're all excited and and yeah, I mean they've been tremendous. I'm excited for him. I, I feel like I'm a I'm a huge Paulding supporter this year because I I just love the way they've been playing. Um, but you know, Brett, I was thinking back today about previous Paulding Wayne Chase games, and mm-hmm. there's certain games you know as sports fans we all have them that you can really remember like minor details of. Yeah, and the Paulding game. I was thinking back to the games I played against Paulding, in particular my junior and senior year, and those are games that I can still like close my eyes and just go back through, and I, I remember the yeah. smallest details from those games. Yeah, sure, and I, absolutely, I can too. And you know, just as much as you and I, we we both go back and do it. You know, you could think of classics of when you were a kid. Maybe um, I remember. It was probably early 2000s. Uh, Wayne Trace goes to Paulding. TJ Marino has a heck of a night for the Panthers. Um, and Paulding ends up winning. I think Wayne Trace has won nine, ten in a row. Um, it, it's crazy just the games you can think of. And you go right, you're exactly right. You go right back to it and you can remember where you were, where you were sitting, um, where you were at on the floor, depending on the situation. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And I was I was texting today with Corbin Linder and Grady Goodacoons because I was reminiscing with them mm-hmm. games they played. It would have been Grady's junior and senior year, like 2012, 2013. Yeah. And they played Paulding beat Wayne Trace in the regular season. I believe it was 2012. Paulding beat them. They had guys like uh, Lance Four was on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Gronsky, Kyle Couser was a younger guy on that team. Uh, Neil Rorig was on that team. Yeah. Holding beat him in the regular season. And then they went over to defiance and played in a sectional game, which was in an absolutely loaded district. Yes. OG, OG went to state. Archbold was good. Tenora was very good. Paulding was good. Wayne trace was good. Paulding had like the worst record in that district. And they were like, they won 13 or 14 games in the regular yeah. season. It yeah. was crazy. And so, anyways, um, Wayne Trace ended up beating them then at Defiance. But just, I mean, just some great games. Yeah, for sure. And that was at the old Defiance gym. Um, I love got, that place. Oh, yeah, it was awesome. I believe that might have been maybe the next year. It was kind of that same district, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken here. And I think OG ended up matching up with Fairview before our one of our games. Yes. And just nothing against Fairview, but OG just ran him out of the gym. And, you know, that's when you kind of knew, like, wow, this is – they had one of the best teams in the state. That might have been 2013 they did that. Well, 13 – I have to – I'm double-checking right now. 13, I believe they won it. Yeah, they did win it. They did. Yeah, that, that was the T.J. Metzger game. Yeah, oh, yeah. 18 <laughs> points in the first quarter or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, they beat Versailles in that. Yeah, that was <laughs> – man, That there was some really good ball uh, in, in, in those years, that stretch there. Yeah. Both locally and, I mean, statewide. Those, those tournaments were pretty good. 
for sure. Talking to Coach Miller, I know you've had some time to talk to him um, this season. Uh, what do you think the keys are for Paulding Friday night to get the job done at home? It it's so interesting. I I think the key the key to the whole game is can Paulding handle the basketball? Can, mm-hmm. can they avoid turning the ball over? Because it's kind of like what we were talking about with Defiance and OG. Paulding, their guard play is good, and they all shared the ball. But they don't have one guy that can like take over and and beat a press. Um, so if Wayne Trace pressures them, traps them, Paulding's going to have to handle that. And if they do, they're going to have a lot of success offensively with the way they move the ball and share the ball on the back end. They'll get a lot of easy shots. Sure, sure, I agree with you a hundred percent. What do you think Wayne Trace keys are to the game? the key for Wayne Trace is how do you guard him? Because they don't have <laughs> one guy. You're right. They, I'm looking here at their scoring averages. Guys averaging six a game, nine, five, 11, seven, 10, three. And the guy averaging three is Isaac Reeb, and he has the highest plus minus on their team. So, I mean, he does so many other things for him. So what does Wayne Trace do? Because they're a team that's played a lot of zone this year and a lot of junk defenses. So how are they going to come out and try to defend Paulding, who puts five scoring threats on the floor at all times? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. You're on the call. You're excited. The fans are excited. Um, kind of wish it had – not that it doesn't have meaning. There's there's the pride thing there. But kind of wish maybe Wayne Trace hadn't flipped up to an Ayersville or Dixville earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. and you could have some GMC potential on the line, but nevertheless, I think this one's going to be a packed gym Friday night over at Paulding. Yeah, it always has meaning just for bragging rights and because the kids all know each other so well. And, you know, just kind of going back to the X and O's of this game, I was trying to think earlier today, well, what's the matchup I'm really intrigued by? Mm -hmm. And, I I mean, there's not like a one-on-one matchup in this game. You could say inside – Kyle Stoller versus Fultz, you know, who's going to have a better game inside, but I'm not even sure that will be the matchup. And so I, I, I'm also curious, we talked about Wayne Trace defending Paulding. How does Paulding defend Brooks Lockoff? Because Paulding isn't a team that has played much man-to-man this year either. They're playing a couple different zones and presses and trapping out of those. So how, how does Paulding guard Brooks if he gets it going early? Like we saw he did, at OG on Saturday where he was knocking down a lot of shots from the perimeter to start the game. That's when he gets really dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. And I, I think for Wayne Trace, it's, you know, Paulding's got the depth, depth. We know that you just rattled off their, their scoring. Um, for me, it's which role players for Wayne Trace step up and knock down some big shots. Now they don't, their role guys don't need to go for 15 or 20. But just step up, hit some big shots, get around eight or ten points. I think that's the key um, for these role players stepping up for Wayne Trace. Guys like Kale Winans, Hudson Myers, uh, Tanner Lockoff, Tyler Davis, uh, those types of guys. A couple guys we can talk about there. One, The first one is Kale Winans. And Kale is not lighting it up in the scoring column the past month or so. Right. But – what he's done the last month is he's doing all the little things really well. He gets the basketball where he needs to go. He's one of the higher IQ players for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And 
on Saturday at OG, he set a few tremendous screens that freed Brooks up, like big time screens that you see like a six five guy set. <laughs> I mean, like running into a brick wall. Yeah. So he's doing a lot of that stuff well, and he's a big key for Wayne Trace. Also, because he could be called upon, Pauling extend their pressure a little bit with some different looks. He might be called upon him and Tanner Lockoff to handle the ball if they're taking, if they're doing some kind of face guarding to Brooks or not letting him get the ball easy. Right, right. <clears throat> Definitely going to be interesting, and I cannot wait for Friday night. Um, I do want to mention this. I saw Paulding um, posted that they're letting students uh, grade 6 through 12 in for free uh, Friday night uh, just to pack the jungle even more. Um, they've got, I mean, a lot of cool things going on. They've got, um, they've got some wings at the game Friday night. I'm hearing Corey Gieske and Jeff Price, um, from everything I've been told. So they're doing a lot of good things to hype this thing up and, and get people to come out. And obviously with both teams having the record, they do should be packed anyway, but, um, letting, letting kids in free, that could get crazy too. <laughs> yeah. It, and it's a good <laughs> idea. I, I've seen more. Uh, schools doing that, you know, get the kids in free, the kids want to go, and then maybe more adults will come as well, you know, to bring their kids. But um, also talking about those wings, those Price and Gieske wings, those are the real deal. I had them in football over there at Paul in week 10, and Mm -hmm. uh, those are awesome. So definitely going to be a full house and a lot going on. So get there early and uh, make sure you get some wings also because those are the real deal. Wings and popcorn. Polding's got some of the best popcorn around, in my opinion. And and they, I don't know if they're gonna continue, but the last couple times I've been over there, they've had some caramel corn going. That's tremendous, like better really? than like Tenora and Archbolt's. Yeah, like real Whoa. good. Oh, <laughs> game changer. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to bring the wallet Friday night. Do it, do it. Yeah, don't eat dinner. Just come, just come <laughs> over to the jungle. <laughs> then maybe snag some pizza from the VFW on the way home if they're doing that. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're usually slinging it every Friday night. On Fridays, yes. Yeah. Still still should be. But, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a lot of fun over there. And, y- you know, I, I've i been texting with my friends some this week talking about the games that we played in and, and this one. A- everyone's really excited about it. What's your best – what's your favorite memory, I guess, from, from that matchup as a player? <laughs> well, um <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean to just set it up like that <laughs> well well you kind of have to let's talk about the worst and the best because the, yeah. the, these are the two games that have been on my mind this week and and i remember the details and the best or the worst kind of sets up the best so we go over there my junior year um playing a really capable polling team and we played them that summer at bluffton and they'd beat us um so, anyways, we start that season, Liberty Center. We played Liberty Center and Brian, beat them both. Didn't play great against Liberty Center, played better against Brian. But we were without a couple guys with injury. Ethan and Luke Miller were both out. Mm-hmm. So, then we go over to the jungle, and great crowd, and it was those guys' first game back. Mm-hmm. And so, we start that game, and we got off to a pretty decent start. We were up about four or five after the first quarter. And then came out in the second quarter and we jumped them. We went on like a seven or eight oh run. And I believe about midway through that second quarter, it, it was like 23, 22 or 23 to 11. We went on a run. So we were up, we were up double digits. 
And then they came back at us and it was closer at halftime and then kind of same story in the third quarter. We went on a run early third quarter and even, even into the early fourth quarter, we were up by 11 and then they came on, they went on a run again and it was, it was the, their seniors, uh, Alex Arlano, he had a great game and Corbin mm-hmm. Edwards. And I don't know for a fact, but those two had to combine for about 50 in that game. Yeah. They were, they were tremendous. They made shots. I mean, they, they, they just made huge timely plays and then also, they threw a lot of different stuff at Ethan in the second half. And they had a lot of different guys that were capable of guarding him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate G guarded him a little bit. Corbin Edwards guarded him a little bit. They threw a lot of different looks at him and doubled him. And it kind of slowed the whole offense down late in the fourth quarter. And then they tied it up, went to overtime, and then start overtime. Edwards hit a couple big shots, and it was over. Yeah, And, and to be honest the better the better team won that night i mean they they were better than us and when when they made runs at us we weren't ready to respond i mean really and they that they earned it i'll i'll say it and it was hard but that was a really good group of guys and um i mean i'm friends with a lot of them and but i mean that that's never fun losing your rival right so set it up your senior year then what happens <laughs> well w- w- were you over there for that game my my junior year your junior year I was there and then yeah your senior year was uh my first year coaching freshman and so I got a front row seat to that right so so that so then <laughs> to finish up to kind of finish up my junior year then we lost seven games that year we were 15 and seven yep and I think we had the court stormed on us like four or five times mm-hmm. and so that's one of them and then you want to talk about humbling well because we just went to state the year before right Right. So, so so we're walking off the court and I look back and here comes their students and there's my girlfriend right in the middle of them storming the court. (laughs) I'm like, man, this is a cold world. (laughs) You know, her being a Paulding girl and stuff. I'm like, oh man. Kristen couldn't even hold back. She was on the floor. No. Yeah. So, so yeah. Anyways, um, two, two brighter spots and memories. So then our senior year that didn't, I mean, we weren't mad that we lost to Paulding, you know, we didn't have anything against them, but, but, but they are our rival and mm-hmm. we didn't like losing over there. So then my senior year, we start off, we played Grove and Brian and we were two and oh, played, played decent. And then Paulding played defiance on Friday night. We went over and scouted them and then we're playing at home. And the, the cool thing was Josiah Linder was a sophomore for us that year. Huh? And he didn't score the first two games. I don't think he scored. Maybe he had one bucket. Yeah. And he was like our seventh man off the bench. And I remember we were watching the end of the JV game. And I, I went over to him and, and I said, hey, they're going to play. They're going to play us zone. And you're going to get shots. You just got to be ready to knock them down and confident. So we came out and, and our press really got to him that night. Mm-hmm. Um we turned them over a lot and then they did go zone and Josiah came in and just went ballistic. Yeah. He he hit six threes. And, and once he started hitting shots, we all started hitting shots and we, we, I mean, that was the best game shooting wise that we played that whole year. I mean, it was just perfect storm. Pauling was tired from the night before 
Yeah, we were what I mean, we were excited and ready to go. We had a good crowd there that night and we were kind of playing off them. And then, I mean, we, we just played pretty much perfectly offensively. Yeah, we we, we were blistered. Uh, and, and then then and then guys off the bench came in and they were hitting shots. Jaden Sherry's hitting shots. Blaine's hitting shots. Seth yeah. Answers making plays. And yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, we we scored it. We ended up scoring 100. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, that so, so that's definitely my favorite memory. I for sure, I, I'm I'm sure it is. Um, man, those are those are some good ones. What is your okay? Now that was a player as a fan. Um, maybe when you were a kid, or even afterwards, what has been a game that's really um, kind of sticks out to you? Maybe one of your favorites. Yeah, I would go back to that game over at Defiance, and it was it wasn't thirteen, but it was twenty twelve. Yeah, yep, yep. It was two thousand twelve because Paulding, if I remember right, they in the regular season, I think that game was played over at Paulding. Yeah, and, I believe so. And and they they beat they beat the Raiders pretty bad that night. Mm-hmm. And and then coming back to Defiance, played in the sectional, and Wayne Trace played. It kind of kind of like that game my senior year, not quite to that extent, but kind of a perfect storm where Paulding didn't play that well and Wayne Trace played real well. Uh, Grady and Corbin and Dalton Sin and uh, Quarter Cracks and those guys, they, they all played real well and won that game before getting bumped by uh, Tenora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that that was a good one. That one stands out. Um, like I said, as a kid, I know I was on the wrong end of it, but um, – TJ Marino went off one night. I remember as a kid for Paulding. Um, there was another night, I think. Um, I mean, we we beat him at home a couple times. That was pretty good. And the, the one that really sticks out to me, though, when I was coaching and Peyton was playing, and, you know, that game went down to the wire. Um, Cam Sin gets a, te- a technical late. Uh, Paulding gets some free throws. Peyton actually shoots him, makes the first one, I believe. The net got wrapped or stuck, and the officials don't notice it. Peyton misses the second one. Brady, I don't know if you're at the. Were you at this game? I remember. I was sitting in the second <laughs> row behind the bench, right by Al Welch. He misses it, and then they fix the net and let him shoot it again. They they gave him a do over. Over. There was about five things in that game that it was just like unbelievable because yeah. for a while it was like it, it was like Pauling's gonna win, and then it was like Wayne Trace gonna win, and then all of a sudden late in the game it's like neither team wants to win. It's like yeah. who's gonna lose this game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They gave him a do over, and I'll be honest, I remember kind of barking at the officials as a staff we were because they got a do over, but in all reality, all they had to do was fix the net before he shot it. Yeah, that they weren't paying attention. They so, were not yeah. paying attention, and I will tell you, and you could you could probably testify to this as a shooter. If the net is wrapped or even stuck, how it was that night, it throws off, especially when you're shooting at the free throw line. It it can affect your shot a little bit. I think hundred percent, hundred percent. Kind of messes with like the depth perception almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they give him a do over, he hits it, and then um, obviously when we come down and. And Trevor Spees gets fouled on a three and hits all three free throws. Yeah, hit, hit all three of them to send it to overtime, didn't he? Send it to overtime. 
And then I can't even really remember what happened in overtime. It just felt like we had all the momentum and yeah. found a way to get the job done. But that was a great game. Uh, there's There's been some good ones over the year. When I was a player, I'll be honest with you, we, we lost to them. They beat us a couple times. And I think uh, that sectional game you're talking about in 2012 might have been Jim Linder's first win against Paulding. Yeah, it might have been because Paulding was real. They had some real good they teams good. in there when Jimmy took over. Yeah, uh, I believe my junior. So my junior year was was Coach Lenders' first year. Um, we won three games that year. One of them was not Paulding. Um, so we got beat that year, which would have been the 08-09 season. Yep. My senior year, we go to the jungle, um, get beaten a close one. Um, they had a real good class behind me. Uh, that 2011 class, Devin Bermajo, uh, Derek Pease, Travis Keyran, Jesse Glass, those guys. Yep, I, really, yeah, I remember. Yeah, really good. I remember that game, actually. Yeah, they beat us by a couple over there. And then I think the next year, um, we were kind of in a reload, rebuild mode. And they had all those guys back and just waxed us at, yeah. home, at home and – so I think, like you said, the next year, twenty the the eleven twelve season, we go back over there lose, and uh, I think that might have been his first win. He might have started zero and four against Baldwin. Yeah, the, the, there's potential for that because they had some good ones in there. Brewer had, Brewer had some nice teams. He did. He really did. And yeah. then I'll I'll throw this one out there then, Brett. So I I asked my dad this last night. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the best all time? I'm texting him, and he said the best he remembers was. Let me pull it up here. 1983-1984. He said they played three times. Paulding won two. Wayne Trace won one. Paulding won, or excuse me, Wayne Trace won at Paulding in December by three. Then Paulding won by one in the Van Wert Holiday Tournament. Wow. And then they played in the sectional finals at Defiance. And Paulding won on a putback at the horn in triple overtime. Wow! And and he and he said you couldn't hardly hear the buzzer at the end of regulation or the first overtime, so they used a track starter pistol at the end of the second and third overtimes. You're kidding? Yeah, can you imagine that, man? That'd be, that's crazy. And that's and, crazy. and then he had here, uh, Al Souter was the coach, and he he has here the Paulding starters were Dan Carnahan, Rosie Eccles, Scott Woodard, Miles Goings, and Terry Riley. They were all seniors. And then for Wayne Trace, it was Bruce Dawson, Steve Zuber, Mike Sin, and Frank Moore, and Jim Linder. And all those guys were seniors, except Jim was a junior. Wow. I I, I never knew that until Dad texted me that last night. I'm going to have to ask. You know, th- there's a lot of familiar names there. Yeah. Those 10 guys, I'm going to have to ask those guys about those games and A.W., of course. No kidding. Yeah, we got to get, get A.W. on here. And talk. <laughs> Boy, he probably remembers that like it's yesterday. He, he, he's like that where he can remember, you know, the details down to possessions and minutes and scores. Oh, for sure. His memory, his memory is insane. Yeah. Insane. It's, it's tremendous. And, and he, he won a lot of them, but that year Panthers got him twice. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. I didn't know that. I, I knew there were years ago, you know, we matched up with Crestview maybe three times a year. Yeah. Uh, different teams like that, but never knew that 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 happened. Um, that's I would love to go back and be able to get my hands on maybe some old film of those games. 
I know. And, and, and everybody talks, you know, about the atmospheres at, at those games. And that's mm-hmm. what that's what all those guys that age tell, tell you know, guys our age, oh, you wouldn't have believed the atmospheres. And we've we've been lucky to see some. Yeah. And I, I think that Friday night we're going to get a really good atmosphere. Not maybe not to that extent where they have to use a pistol for the buzzer. Yeah. But, uh, but I, I think it's going to be really good. And I'm happy for all the kids that are going to get to play in that environment because I got to play in a couple full gyms and it was really, really awesome regardless yeah. of the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts on this matchup coming up Friday night, man? I, I hope it's close. I, I hope it's a four quarter game and I think it's going to be, I don't see either team running away with it, but I mean, kind of, you know, let, and it's all the things we talked about. How does Paulding, defend Lockoff. How does Wayne Trace defend Paulding and all their scorers? Mm-hmm. If Paulding shoots it well from three, it's going to be really difficult for yeah. Wayne Trace. Yep. And on the other hand, if Wayne Trace can turn Paulding over, I think it's going to be really difficult for Paulding. I agree. I agree. Those are all great points, and it should be a dandy. I'm not going to ask you to make a prediction since you're on the call. Yeah, I can't. Huh. I'm like I'm like Herbie, man. I have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I asked Peyton, and he said Panthers by a hundred. <laughs> no, he didn't say that, but I'm sure that's what he's thinking. I I, I do think it's going to be close. I think it's within five points. Don't know which way it goes. I do too. I, and I'm not going to make a prediction either, even though I'm not calling it. Uh, <laughs> I think it really could. It really could. I really think it could go either way. Obviously, I'll have a little bias, and I'll be rooting for the Raiders, but I think this is going to be one of the better matchups we've had in this rivalry for quite some time, and it's going to come down to – I think it's going to be a bucket either way. And, you know, you really hope that Wayne Trace doesn't get beat at the horn again, and maybe they can repeat what they did over in Antwerp instead of, you know, having it happen to them. Another buzzer beater for the Raiders, my goodness, would just be insane. Well, you know, I was just thinking when you were saying that, <laughs> if it's a one-possession game, maybe that favors Wayne Trace because they've been in those spots. Yep. But Paulding early in the year, they were in – I'm looking here. I mean, they were in three or four one-possession games. Sure. The year. So, I mean, they're – and those guys are all – I mean, that's the thing. They have all those seniors, and they're really experienced, and they're at home. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good one. Paulding wants to finish the conference undefeated. Um, Wayne Trace obviously just doesn't want to hand it to him and the rivalry aspect of it, and it should be fantastic. You, you know, fantastic. The, the, the cool thing about it is, Brett, like I'm a Wayne Trace grad, but Paulding has been so fun to watch and cover mm-hmm. this year. And also, you can say this about both teams, all you know, 20 guys, 30 guys that are going to play, on sat on Friday night, they all handle themselves so well. There's not one guy in the bunch that you know. They're all really easy to root for, and they're all good kids. So I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely, it will be. I think the place is going to be rocking, and and uh, how, what a better way to spend your Friday evening than go to Paul, then go to the jungle, stop the VFW, have pizza and some drinks. Uh, get your wings at the game. Get your popcorn at the game. 
yeah, it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I'm getting there early for my wings and popcorn, like you said. Absolutely. Hey, man, I think that's all we got. Unless you want to add anything more to this game. I don't think so. We'll hop back on later this week and talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. But uh, I'm, sure. I'm, I am I am itching to get done with class and get home for Friday night. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. <laughs> um, good luck on the call. You guys do a great job. And like I said, you're just going to have to keep Peyton calm down a little bit. I'll try. If that, <laughs> that, that's a full-time job, but I'll try. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, I want to give this shout-out to Jack Woods, polling sophomore, um, indoor track, goes down to Columbus. This is what I'm hearing from Peyton. Goes down to Columbus Saturday, places fourth out of 35 guys in a shot put. Oh, wow. Pretty impressive. That's Pretty awesome. Impressive. Yeah, so I want to give that shout-out again um, and catch the wings at the game. Corey Gieske, Jeff Price uh, at the Jungle Friday night. They are tremendous. I've had them. Brady's had them. Some of the best. Well, they're huge, too. Um, some of the best wings I've had in a while. So, I'm sure, like you said, Brady, you can attest to that. Pretty good wings. Yeah, uh, and, and and the unique experience to be able to sit at a high school game and eat chicken wings. Like, I, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is really cool. Uh, again, Paulding students grades 6 through 12, free admission. And I wanted to shout this out, Brady. I don't know the the full details. Paulding's got a reverse uh, drawing. Uh, I do know it's March 18th at Grants um, in Antwerp. So Paulding supporters, get your uh, reverse draw ticket, reverse raffle ticket. Um, And then Wayne Trace has the same deal, I believe. I'm not even sure on the date, May or first weekend of May. I have to look that up, and, and unless you know off the top of your head, I believe it's May sixth. May sixth, okay. So kind of the same deal, um, and I believe that one is at the uh, Divine Mercy Catholic Hall again. Has been there, yeah. We can yep. we can confirm that for the next episode, but yep. yeah. I, I just wanted to throw them out there. Definitely, can, I'll confirm both for the next both for the next episode but uh yeah just wanted to get those out there so people start thinking about them hit up your uh your athletic boosters whether you're Paulding supporter Wayne Trace supporter get out and support these kids and we love sports so definitely wanted to give them a shout out there um and again sponsorship opportunities we got some coming in not going to get them out right away uh this week but hopefully next week or by March definitely by March we're going to have them out um got some some interest already so if you want to be a sponsor come on let's do it we're looking to upgrade our equipment and maybe do some player of the game stuff and 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 different opportunities like that so get a hold of me or peyton or brady in that regard so brady's part of the team now so here we go throwing you you into the sponsorship (laughs) that sounds good man no uh, i appreciate everybody all the engagement on social media too and don't be afraid to reach out to any of the three of us with any questions or comments or mail or anything else. We love all that stuff. For sure. Get in on the fan mail across the field pod at yahoo.com. Tweet us. I mean, I don't, I don't remember real well. People text me. I get a lot of text messages, but I kind of dropped the ball. You got a better memory than I, So maybe if we get tweeted that like uh, Brad Couser did the other night about not talking about the Ohio state Michigan game. Um, We'll definitely bring it up like we did tonight. Yeah, so yeah. I think 
he was razzing us pretty good there. Yeah, that, there you go, Brad. The Buckeye basketball program's in shambles. <laughs> I think that's what he wanted to hear. Yep, there you go. <laughs> um, do you have any shout-outs yourself personally? or I don't tonight, man. Don't tonight? Okay. Um, I don't think I do either. Again, I just wanted to shout all those things out. Um, again, you can check us out on Spotify and Amazon Music, uh, Fan Mail Across the Field Pod at Yahoo.com. Brady, thanks again for joining this evening and uh, look forward to talking to you here in a couple days. We'll get some Super Bowl talk. Yes, sir. Sounds good. All right. You have listened to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out.